This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com Okay, back here in studio, I'm very excited. This is my first podcast, I think, ever with a family member. Here with, <laughs> here with my cousin, first cousin, Johnny Lieberman. How you doing? Hey, Jeff. How you doing, man? Now, now you're really big in the car business, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, and, you know, when I have t- tell friends who are into cars, when I mention your name, they almost always know who you are. Okay. Because, you know, you're with Motor Trend. You've been writing about cars for decades. Almost uh, 18 years. 18 years. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But first, you're here in Alaska, I and am. you live in Los Angeles I do. with your uh, your wife and kid. Uh-huh. But your first time up here, and there's a wedding, and I guess you're going to Soldovia. Yeah, apparently that's an island. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, I've waited way too long in life to come to Alaska. Big mistake. Um, I sort of, you know, you know it's going to be this big, beautiful, wild place. And it's much bigger and more beautiful and wilder than than I thought it would be. It's, so y- it's, yesterday we drove down to the Wildlife Conservation Center. Yep. And we went to Whittier. Yep. And on the way down, we're on the, we're on the Seward Highway, and I'm kind of pointing out these these mountains, and, and you were kind of like, well, they aren't that you know they aren't that big. But then we got to Whittier, which was funny because normally we say it's shittier and Whittier. Right. And it was cloudy yesterday. It wasn't raining, but we get to Whittier, and like the sky opened up. Yeah. Beautiful sunny day. It looked like what I imagined Greenland would look like, just like this pristine undisturbed wilderness with a couple little buildings with colorful roofs and um just wild man like just glaciers everywhere you turned um we drove we drove up the road and that's when you that picturesque uh, glacier across the the sound unreal that that was something you've probably never no nothing nothing even remotely like again the scale is so ridiculous and when i say those aren't very big mountains we weren't looking at very big mountains and 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 you know people forget la you know we're surrounded by the angeles national For- forest where you know it goes up to eight thousand feet which you know fairly high and it's not mckinley but, uh, um but well, yeah. you gotta say denali buddy you're gonna sorry they're, sorry they're gonna, sorry, they're gonna bust. not not denali so sorry, when, sorry. when they changed it there's a famous story when they went it was mckinley forever but everybody kind of called it denali and then they officially changed it and there was this famous story where trump uh, was like, let's take it back to McKinley and, and Murkowski and Dan Sullivan, our senators, like reached over the desk and were like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I grew up, it was McKinley. It's Denali, obviously. Um, Me too, same thing. I never called it that until I started yeah. moving here. That's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. We were all talking. I, I know it changed. I mean, it, you know, like there's, that look, the, the names of things change. Like, you know, Istanbul used to be Constantinople. Mm-hmm. Um, things change, it's fine. That's the world. Uh, but know, yeah. in, in Australia... I always called it, it's Ayers Rock. Right. But in Australia, they, they all call it Uluru. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the name. So it's the first time I ever heard that when I was over there. But Yeah, and it's just, it's just you know, like like um, um, I grew up going to what we called Squaw Valley, which is a ski resort mm-hmm. uh, near Lake Tahoe, which I think they changed the name to Palisades, something like that. I, I can't remember. I should know the actual name. But it's no longer called Squaw Valley. We, we just had, this probably won't be much to you. I think they actually have some branches in California, but Alaska USA is our kind of credit union that's been around for, I think, like, Four decades, mm-hmm. and out of nowhere, they just changed. They didn't even tell anybody. They just came out with this new um, campaign. It's now Global Federal Credit Union. 
Okay. And and it's just this weird thing where everybody know, knew it as Alaska USA. And now a lot of people are kind of like, what the fuck? You know, why'd you guys, everybody knows the name. Must and, be. Now that could be, that could be like, you know, they're getting a big lawsuit coming out again. You know, I, I, mean? I think they're trying to get more customers. <laughs> they're trying to oh, expand. Maybe, maybe that's it too. But you remember like Blackwater, the uh, paramilitary, right. mm-hmm. you know, they changed their name to like whatever. Um, yeah, they're still around. They just changed the name. So some of these people are always... Yeah, Co- companies are always going to re- rebrand. Got to rebrand. Hey, you know, again, life is about change. So, anyways, yes, I'm here in Alaska. Fantastic, and yeah, uh, this month in about what's today, the 13th. So in two weeks, I will have been at Motor Trend for 13 years, which is almost a career. And we talk about you know seeing Alaska and how, how you know beautiful it is. But you've been, I follow you on on social media, and you're like. All over the world. I mean, you're traveling. I mean, no, no. If I go kind of the same places, but yes, I do travel quite a bit. But like even, I mean, you've been to Bahrain at one yeah, point. Yeah. I remember the twice. My, been to Bahrain twice. My favorite video ever I share sometimes is I used to have the G wagon, which I yeah. sold. It was kind of for a good deal. But you were in Sweden years yeah. ago, and you were on this like special kind of. Yeah, that was we actually started in Copenhagen um, and drove north through Sweden in February, which is like the dead of winter. Um, you know, we, we, the idea was AMG has a driving academy in a town called Arjuplog, um, which they told us was in the Arctic Circle. When we got there, we actually looked at a map, and it was like 30 miles south of the Arctic Circle. So we, we had to keep driving north. <laughs> but, yeah, it was wild. We took, a, we took a G65, which is the V12. And I remember when, when I approached Mercedes about it, they said no at first. And um, the now he's the current CEO. His name's Ola Kalinius. Um, he's Swedish, not German. And Ola said, this is a good idea. You should do this. And then the PR people are like, no, no, no. And I go, listen, your head of sales globally is telling me I should do this. Why are you saying no? And they go, we don't want you to talk about the gas mileage. We're really sensitive about the G65 gas mileage. And I go, I promise you, I won't mention it once. Just give me the truck. What is it? Really? I mean, it's really, really horrible. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's abysmal. I don't know. That, that, that G-Wagon is just such a classic. I, I, the one I got was, you know. Somebody sold it. They didn't really want. It. I got a good deal, but I mean, I had like an 05 back in the. But the new ones, they don't. They obviously they're a lot better and different, but they look kind of the same. I mean, it doesn't really change. It's, it's, much. it's like a nine eleven, right? You you've got the design. You know the 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 trick for the designer is not to screw it up, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's an icon. You don't change that shape. You know what I mean? So that that becomes a thing. Yeah, and the new one is much bigger. Um, they they changed it. it. The old one, the one you had, had two solid axles. Uh, now it has uh, a rear solid axle, front independent suspension, so it rides and turns and handles better. Uh, it's better, less truck-like. You know, some people really like the way the old ones drove. Um, but yeah, that was a kooky trip we did. It was I forget how many miles exactly. Like there was you and another guy, and you had the camera. Justin Bell. Yeah. You were doing you were doing these updates. The video. I mean, I it's got a I forget the view. It's a lot of lot of views. Yeah, it was fun. Justin Bell is a very famous uh, race car driver. He won Le Mans. Uh, two-time GT2 champion. His father's Derek Bell, who won Le Mans five times. Um, and, yeah, we had a great time. It was really fun. We didn't really plan much other than, like, be there. And, um, you know, it got down to 40 degrees below zero, which I imagine is almost cold in Alaska. So we get <laughs> Anchorage, luckily, we're kind of a little more south on the water, but up in Fairbanks, we're in the interior, we're friends. I mean, it, it routinely gets 40 below. I mean, it's not uncommon for that yeah, to happen. That was really cold. <laughs> I, I've, I've been in like, I used to have a job. I worked in town here, but I'd go up way in the North Slope. It's where the oil fields are. And yeah. um, I've been up there in, you know, very cold temperatures. And for me, it's like everything below 10, anything below 10 below, it's basically feels the same. 
your, your, your inside of your nostrils freeze. It's just it's just how, how long the hypothermia I, set, sets or the, or the frostbite sets in. We might have been dressed okay, but I remember it was 25 below one day. We were, you know, working. Working means we're driving around in a circle. But anyways, we're working. And it was cold, you know. The next morning it was 40 below. And that seemed to be a big difference between minus 25 and minus 40. And, like, and I, I was looking at the cars. So, like, at 25 below, we had, like, a GL 550, I think. Uh, so it's like the the three row Mercedes mm-hmm. and a regular SUV, and at twenty five below that thing was frozen solid. The metal, you know, was frozen. The glass was all frozen. G wagon wasn't much thicker metal. Forty below the G wagon had frozen yeah. all the way through. So so it, it was it was it was cold. It was so cold. I'm, I'm imagining it's the same up, up there, but here you know it's even on Anchorage when it gets really cold. If people don't have garages, it's very common. They tell you to plug in. You plug in yeah. an engine block heater. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you know, the cars they. They start, but sometimes it it's, it takes a minute. Yeah, and in Aria Plug, it's where if it's a diesel, they just leave it on a gas pump overnight and let the engine just run because you'll never get it restarted without spark. Yeah, up on the north slope where they have the you know where it's very cold, they just leave those those diesel trucks running. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, in exactly. the garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you um one more thing about the G- you had the yeah. other one where that was like the six wheel G wagon, oh, six by six. Yeah, which, yeah. which I don't know how much those. What do those cost? Uh, they were when they were new. They were like seven hundred thousand, seven fifty, seven hundred. If I ever hit it big, and I mean real yeah, big, I mean yeah. that, that is so basically it's a G wagon, but it's got two extra wheels and like an extra extend, yeah. extended. It's a bed. A, it's a pickup instead of an SUV. Um, yeah, and if you if you Google, um, excuse me, uh, the AMG six by six, uh, jump, you'll see two different G wagons jumping. There's one where it's jumping in Dubai. That's not me. There's one where it's jumping like it looks like off a hill, a paved hill. Yep. That's me. You're, you're, I mean, you can see it's you. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I go, oh, my God, it's my cousin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think it was great. It was cool. Five so, five locking differentials. Wow. So it, like each each axle locks plus uh, you can lock the two wheels together, the two the two sets of rear wheels together, and then the front to the rear. Well, maybe I'll just ask you. About, I want to ask yeah. about motor trim. But first, I'm just going to ask you about, like, it's probably hard to get that car, but, but with COVID, I mean, these cars were going for like way over MSRP. What I mean, way over, not just Mercedes, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that, uh, what, everything. Rav Four plug-in was going for you know fifteen thousand over insanity. Uh, look, we talked about this the other day, but you know, it turns out who knew the world was held together by a single piece of string, right? Yeah. And like you pull one thing and just goes goes off the rails. Yeah, you couldn't get cars on dealer lots. I mean, I know you were telling me here in Alaska there was no cars. In Los Angeles, which is, you know, the largest car market in America, there was no cars. There was, you know, you'd, you'd see like a Toyota dealer that have like one or two vehicles. We had here, you know, Toyota. I mean, I'd yeah. go to the lot. It's like an empty lot. And there was, I remember one time there was like a, a pretty fancy Tacoma four-door. It was new. It was like, I think the only new car they had in the lot. And I forget, I think it was like 50... Whatever it was, but it was like twenty thousand over, and I was just, yeah. I was just kind of curious. Like, you guys, I wasn't gonna buy it, but are you, are you guys like negotiable? Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. No, it was like that for a while. It seems to at least, you know, my neck of the woods, it's coming down back to reality. Um, like I know uh, I have a friend of mine who tracks Corvettes, and um, the C8, the base Corvette, is back to sticker. Even though some dealers maybe are still asking over, lots of dealers are just selling it at sticker. Z06 is still over sticker. Um, you know, the, the, the Cadillacs, the CT4V Blackwing, CT5V Blackwings, they were going for crazy over sticker. They're kind of back to reality. A lot of people are just like 10 over, and it's like, all right. So so what happened? I mean, some of these cars, obviously, they're made overseas. Some are a little closer. No, Corvette, to, Cadillac made right here, yeah. But some are like the like the Toyota, Honda. Yeah. Yep. Um, even but some have, some, you know, uh, dealers have, 
manufacturers have, you know, factories in Mexico or even here. But, I mean, what, what do you really, is it just like microchips? Is it well, oh, electric, yeah. well, electronics? Look, my, microchips were a huge part of it. Um, but also, like, you know, we had a we had a Ram TRX that we got pretty damaged. And um, it was in the shop for, I don't know, six months waiting for a bumper because the company that makes the bumper just wasn't making them. You know, or for whatever reason, maybe they couldn't get the steel. Maybe the steel was diverted. I know with the microchips, what happened was when COVID happened, the automakers, and it was a logical thing to do, but they all bet the wrong way. They're like, there's going to be no demand for cars. They didn't realize demand would go up because the only thing you could do was drive a Uh car. So they said, you know what? We don't need the chips. So then the video game makers and the TV makers were like, we'll take those chips. And then the, um, the chip makers were like, ooh, we can negotiate new contracts charge more for the same chip the automakers like ah we need the chips and they're like a no b if you want them they're going to cost more you know so then and also you had a situation where i believe nine of the 10 chip manufacturers or the big ones at least uh were in china and china was a mess still is a mess but china was a mess to get products out of the other one was in japan and then i think that one caught fire or something i think it was the one in japan so there's just no chips for a while and so you still have a situation where You'll see a lot of trucks built in the last two years where, like, okay, you can get the Chevy, but, like, doesn't have Super Cruise. It has Super Cruise. It doesn't have the chip. If they, <laughs> if they put the chip in it, it'll have, it has the hardware. It just doesn't have the processor. You only get one key because you got to put one chip per key. So then you get one key with your uh, new car. Oh, speaking of, I went to go. I have a, a Camry. Yeah. And this is, like, maybe five, six months ago, and I, I was like, I, I only have one key, and I was like, I better get a... Uh, another key and i think you know a couple hundred bucks and it was like a th- it was like crazy expensive <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was almost yeah. a i said yeah. are you kidding me yeah nope, well surprise again that chip that would normally would go in your camera key which by the way car keys are about 180 bucks before the pandemic like car keys are not cheap don't lose your car keys um but that chip instead of going into a car key can now go into a playstation and you know they're, mm-hmm. they're charging sony double for it well now they have some of these i don't have this but these newer cars you can unlock it with your phone yeah, I have that. I have that with my Rivian. Yeah, you can just, and, and that's, yeah, that's great. So what we saw here, and I'm sure this is probably the same in lower 48, yeah. but we saw the, and this is even still kind of the case, the price of used cars skyrocketed um, to the point where even some, I had friends that had bought a car a year or two before from a dealer here, and they'd get called by the dealer and say, hey, we'll buy your car for what you paid for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's great. Free car. Isn't that- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was, that was happening a lot, especially with cars that were kind of like really in demand. I think that's died down a bit and in, in uh, down in the lower 48, as we say now, um, contiguous 48. Um, but yeah, that was happening, you know, and there's always been a funny thing. Like the, the one outlier was Range Rover. So it used to always be that a used Range Rover cost more than a brand new Range Rover. The reason was you could get them. You couldn't get a new one. It was a 24 month wait. But if you want to buy a used one, you could get it today. Mm-hmm. However, it's going to cost like, more than the new one costs, but you can get it today. Americans hate waiting for cars or the rest of the world. Um, they don't really have car dealers the way we do. You know, you'll go to like, like the way a Tesla store is, well, let's have one car sitting there. You'll look at it and say, okay, I like it. Now I'm going to order mine. And it shows up in three months. Americans are like, what do you got? I don't see a car parked on the lot. Not going to buy anything. And it's just, it's just a totally cultural weird thing. Like I, what I learned was, Hey, it's the same price if you order it. If you're willing to wait, you can get what you want, mm-hmm. you know, but, but like, so that's why, you know, dealers only order black, white or gray cars, certain options. That's it. 
Um, and But if you order it, you can get exactly the car you want in the color you want with the interior you want, and it's the same price. So I always tell people, like, wait, be patient. But it turns out we're not patient. <laughs> so, so, so yesterday you were uh, telling me you noticed a lot of, I think it was Chevy trucks, some kind of one GMC, truck. No, GMC specifically in the AT4 trim. Um, so that's a real kind of serious off-road trim. So the equivalent for the Chevy would be like the um, uh, the, the, the the ZR2, it's called. Uh-huh. Uh, you get that on the Silverado. You can actually get AT4 or ZR2 on the Colorado as well. Or the, um, what's the GMC version of that called? There's a, I'll look it up. But there's a sister oh, truck to don't, the Colorado. Don't ask me. <laughs> yeah, the sister truck, to, I, I, I can see it right there, but it's not, whatever. Um, and so, yeah, and AT4 is a, you know, in, in, um, in Ram speak, it would be the Rebel, uh, and then Ford would be the Ford Tremor. So it's not the most hardcore thing that uh, Ford does. That would be like the Raptor for Ram, be the TRX. But for Chevy and GMC, it's either GMC AT4 or Chevy ZR2. And it's a, a very serious lifted, uh, you know, factory off-road package that has a front locker, which means you can really do some real rock crawling with it. And I, I've seen a bunch of them, including the heavy-duty ones, which those are always vehicles like we get in the press fleet. So I'll, I'll call GMC and be like, hey, can I borrow one? I'll get it for a week driving around. I never see anyone buying them. At least in L.A. Now, because like, well, L.A., no one drives trucks. Huge truck market. Number one market for uh, pickup trucks in, in the country is actually Los Angeles. Now, do we have the biggest population as well? Second biggest? Yes. So it's a little Yeah, I wonder screwed. how it breaks down, like, per capita. for Because up here, it was funny. I, I asked you about the F1, because Ford's very popular. I've always heard kind of F-150 is the best-selling truck. But then you told me that it's actually... <laughs> They, they put all the F-Series, like 250, 350, yeah. it, it's all one. Yeah, Ford F-Series is the best-selling truck. Now, the other thing that's so stupid on GM's part is if you combine the sales of the Chevy Silverado and the GMC um, Sierra, they outsell Ford. They, they And they've outsold them for like, you know, 41 of the last 44 years or something like that. I, I looked it up one time. But GMC has to maintain this, or GM has to maintain this fiction that GMC and Chevy don't roll off the same line. And just yeah, see, I've never understood wheels. that because they are this. They look, they they're are the, the same, same. But they have the different emblem, GMC, they're, they're Chevy. The same, tr- the, the, heavy, the full-size pickup trucks are the same. But why do they do that? Uh, Buick dealers want to be able to sell a pickup truck. Wow, that's, that's that simple. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now here's the thing: uh, does does Ford trumpeting best-selling truck in America the last 44 years? Does that help sales? Obviously, General Motors thinks that it doesn't help sales enough to be like, ah, ah, ah. like not if you include this, that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, the, the, and it's another problem GM has is that you know there's no ads for GM. The ads are Chevy. Or GMC, you would never like see like a, a rock. That's a yeah famous Chevy. You would never see a General Motors advertisement. It's I, just this faceless corporation. I don't know why it is, and and maybe my dad had Ford. He always bought Fords, but for some reason, I just I don't have a truck. But if I had a truck, I I would definitely get a Ford. My second one's probably Dodge. I don't know why. I don't Ram, 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 Ram Dodge, yeah, yeah, Ram. Yeah. It changed. See, back to what we we're talking about. It's no longer McKinley. It's Denali, which is a GMC product. But anyways, Ram trucks. Um. Yeah, look, uh, Ford trucks are great. Ram trucks are great. Chevy trucks are great. Um, I would say, you know, it just depends on when you're buying it, meaning if you would have uh, caught me in 2019 and said, what's the best full-size truck you can buy right now? I would have said the Ram. Uh, today, uh, Ford's out is beating them. I think the Fords are better than the Rams. Rams are getting a little old. Um, 
you know, uh, it changes. Now, the Forge has rolled out recently this ele- electric version. Yeah, the Lightning. Uh-huh. Which, which I thought was, when I think electric, I'm thinking like a little tiny car. Yeah. But now there's the Rivians out there, and yeah. now, now this Ford. Yeah, and uh, don't forget, GMC makes the Hummer EV, which right. is 1,000 horsepower. <laughs> so, so, so from, you know, 10, I remember when I was first moved here, I was working in this car dealership called Cal Worthington, and we were selling, you know, there was the first electric Escape. Cal Worthington was up here? Oh, yeah, forever. Cal Worthington yeah. was, was a, that, I grew up, that was, it was a huge. Those weird commercials. Yeah. And animal, yes, yeah, so we had a. Did you do them up here with bears? Oh, yeah, oh, all awesome. kinds of animals, oh, all kinds rad. of, you know. And if you want was, a car truck, go see Cal. It was funny because he had these commercials, go see Cal, go see Cal, go see Cal. And um, I was working there, but the, the lot of, we used to have a lot of Russian exchange students coming here for, for a long time with this art university. And the Russians would always, it's kind of, if you listen carefully, it kind of sounded, they always thought he was saying pussy cow, pussy cow. I thought like, he was saying pussy cow and, until and I they was like, what, why, why, what do you mean, uh, pussy cow? What pussy cow? What the <laughs> car? Pussy I, mean car? No, What's yeah. going on? So the commercials, if you want a car or truck, go see cow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> want a bargain, want a deal, go see cow. Go see cow. Actually, I met him once. He was quite, he was a B17. He flew B17. Uh, this is back in 05 when I worked there. Yeah, he died um, right after that. He died probably, yeah, not long after that. He was he was uh, quite old. He was old when I was a kid, so and I'm 10 years older than you. So, But when I was working there, we just started By doing... the way, I used to sit with our grandmother and watch daytime TV all day because my both my parents worked. And Cal Worthington, every commercial break was Cal Worthington. Because he had a... Um, didn't he, he got in some trouble at some point, didn't he? Wasn't yeah, able... they all did, yeah. I forget what it was for. But leave Cal alone. I like Cal. I, all right, he was great. I mean, I believe me. He was, I liked working leave there. Leave Cal it was, alone, yeah. it, was, it was a good place to work. Yeah. Um, so I remember back then it was like the first iteration of the Escape Hybrid. Yep. And th- at the time, I recall... I, I went on the launch of that. I remember that very well, yeah. I kind of remember there was like something happened. They were kind of like, oh, shit. You know, like the batteries and it was all, it was very new. Yeah. But we I mean, talk about the evolution of now. It seems like they're everywhere. These, even up in yeah. Alaska, we have, we oh, have these. Hi- hybrids. Look, they make a lot of sense for a lot of people. Um, EV technology is evolving at a sh- shatteringly fast rate. Um, you know, so I, I have, I, I drive a, um, a Rivian, our R1T. So, you know, the most powerful gas pickup truck there is Ram TRX, man. 702 horsepower, 650 pound-feet of torque, supercharged, 6.2 liter, 9 miles a gallon. Um, But that's powerful, right? Except you look at my little pickup truck, 835 horsepower, 908 pound-feet of torque. Really? Yeah, and much more capable off-road because each wheel has its own motor. So um, two things. If you think about, like, off-roading, right? So you realize that once you once you drive an EV uh, off road, you realize that like an engine that has to spin at thirty five hundred RPM to make max torque, and then be geared down eighty eight times for low gears is a terrible powertrain to go off road because you're constantly flooring it and hitting the brake, flooring it and hitting the brake. Whereas with an EV, you put it in rock crawl mode, and then it knows like okay, if you pushes the pedal like one percent, spin the tires once in a minute. And, 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 and EVs make max torque before they even start to move. You know, that's where they're strongest. So it's like there's this elegance and omnipotence when you're off-roading in a Rivian. That's like, it's, it's shocking. I think it's just for, for me, well, me and probably most people, yeah. it's hard to imagine electric cars being so powerful. It just seems like electric to me kind of means like smaller and, and, and less powerful, but maybe more well, efficient. Look at, a, look at a train, right? All trains are diesel hybrids. What does that mean? It means a diesel motor spins to make electricity to power the electric motors. Mm-hmm. How long is a train? 
<laughs> ten, some of them are 10 miles long. You know, noth- nothing stronger than an electric motor, especially when you're just starting. I shouldn't say nothing. I mean, I'm sure there's something. Uh, you know, a, a Saturn V rocket's more powerful. That's pretty powerful, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and then and Rivian motors, by the way, are kind of junk, the, this iteration. They, they just came out with a new motor um, where they're much more powerful. The ones that are in the truck I own, which is a year old, two years old at this point, um, they're kind of off-the-shelf motors. I think they're Bosch units or something, Johnson Controls, I can't remember. But now that Rivian's building their own. But forget about Rivian. There's a company called Lucid in California. Um, they make a... It's an it's the motor, the transmission, and the inverter. And uh, it, it, it makes 670 horsepower, and it fits in a rollerboard that you'd put in the overhead bin. Wow. Yeah, and it, there's two of them. And they're, you know, they, have, they make a car that's 1,050 horsepower. They have a new one that's going to be over 1,200. Closer to the mic there. What's that? I'll just move the mic a little closer. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. It's all down yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know what I mean? It's just, and it's just, you know, yeah, engines are cool. But if you look at like, and, and I love, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, if someone said, hey, would you like this V12 or your truck? I take the V12, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, if you look at like the Corvette Z06, right? It's the most powerful, naturally aspirated V8 ever in the history of the world is the most powerful one you can buy 670 horsepower the lucid motor which weighs uh less than 200 pounds and again fits in something you could stick in an overhead bin makes 670 horsepower that's their first motor that's just like it's incredible though. yeah you so know. so one of the challenges especially up here has been the charging we just had a, a, a settlement from i think it was Volkswagen, there was some settlement. Yeah. Now they're going to tr- try to install more of these chargers. Yeah, yeah. Dieselgate led to Electrify America. So we're getting, yeah, we're getting like uh, so many millions, I guess, and some settlement. And, and our one of our kind of government, uh, quasi-government agencies yeah, uh, yep. wants to start installing these things. Yep. Uh, but I just heard recently that, because before there was, even now I guess there's different cars, companies have different chargers. But now they're going to consolidate down to... The Tesla type charger, is that right? Yeah, most going forward, starting in 2025, most new EVs will get what's called NACS, um, uh, uh, the, the NACS standard, a North American charging standard. So if you've ever plugged in a Tesla, that thing you plug into it, that's the NACS adapter. Um, that's like a Tesla uh, pa- it, t- product. Tesla or came pa- up with it and they, they gave it the name NACS. Now it turns out it's much better than the one that the SAE agreed to for the North America. So like the truck I own, I have it's like a five pin or whatever, and I, I forget the name of it. It's got a name, um, and it's it's bulky and it's big and it can't handle that much power. It's just not as good as the Tesla one. Um, so Ford was the first to do it, then GM, now Mercedes. Uh, I think Rivian said they're going to do it. I think Volvo said they're going to do it, which is Volvo and Polestar. So basically, all the big EV players are switching. Well, I mean, it makes sense. To, it's like it almost reminds me of these these phones. And you know, the EU recently just basically said USB C because Apple has their Lightning, and it's just frustrating when you know you have these like chargers that are different, and you have yeah. to buy three different cords if you have different different. Well, this is this is just funny though because everybody but Tesla uses the current standard, whatever it's called. Jay, so I can't remember what it's called. Everybody uses it, but the Tesla one is just so much better. When you say better, do you mean like faster? Faster can handle more um, more voltage. So you know the 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 other the other standard, the current standard. And I should look it up. But anyways, uh, if you're if you're at home right now listening, Google uh, <laughs> you know current uh, EVs you know charging standard. Uh, it can only handle up to 440, 40, excuse me four hundred and forty volts, where Tesla can handle a megawatt 
of voltage uh, oh, or wow. megavolt or whatever it is. There's four, it can only handle 440 watts, and the Tesla can do a megawatt. Um, the, the Tesla one is much lighter. Uh, it's much more elegant. It's just two pins instead of like for the for the uh, level three, the fast charging. You have to do five pins plus two pins on the bottom. So it becomes this huge, bulky, heavy thing that like you can't even plug it in with one hand. So imagine you have a kid or a bag of groceries in your arm and you're trying to plug or unplug this monster cable. It's just it really sucks. Now, now so, some of them, how many of them can be plugged into your, your, your house? Uh, well, it depends on how many you wire up. So you, you need you just need a circuit for each one. So at my house, when I had the, my home charger installed, I um, I had the guy wire it for two. So I have one in, and then I have a spot where because I have a second driveway. If I want to put another charger, I could. I just right. haven't. I only have one EV at the moment, so I haven't done it yet. And it's like you know probably. You know, the line, you know, going from the power unit on the wall to that, I think he charged me like, I can't remember, four or 500 bucks for the line. And then if I got the charger, the one I would buy, 48 volt charger, 48 amp, excuse me, um, probably like $700 for that. And then he'd probably charge me like 500 to install it. So it's kind of interesting. I was reading um, with this thing, this Volkswagen Electrify deal. Um, you know, you obviously you pay when you go charge it. You got to pay something. That's true. But But they're trying to kind of incentivize like local businesses. Maybe it's a gas station. Maybe it, maybe it's just a store, but they want to put the thing there and then like they need to get a piece of it because mm-hmm. they, they get customers. But yep. I mean, how does that work? It's just kind of, you put it somewhere and then. Uh, yeah. I mean, right now they, you know, it's kind of like the, t- I don't know if you have, I'm sure you have some Tesla superchargers up here, but they kind of, yeah, we do, they, yeah. they kind of put them in like the ass end of a Walmart parking lot or something like that. They're usually like way out of the way, no bathrooms at night, no lights. So women hate to charge at night mm-hmm. because like, you know, you can always go to a gas station, you know, there's one guy sitting in there. So if something weird happens. There's, you know, there's a witness or someone can help you. These are like no lights, no bathrooms, no trash cans. They're disasters. So that's got to change. Um, I don't know how the financials work. I know that there's kind of almost no way to make money uh, from from charging EVs, which is crazy. The thing is with EVs, and I say this as now as an EV owner who's experienced this for over a year, you don't really use public chargers. You know, like if you think about your life, most of it, you're just kind of driving around the neighborhood, Right. You only need a charger when either, you know, for some reason you can't charge at your house or you're going on a road trip. But then modern EVs, it's not all, but modern EVs, the ranges are getting so big. Like I can go, you know, from my house in LA to San Diego and back on one charge. You were telling me yours is like 300 miles? Yeah, mine's mine's 300 miles. If I put different tires on it, it would go 330. And a lot of people get like 350. See, I feel like... That's so much more than 10 years ago. I don't know where oh, they 10 years crazy. ago. Oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Nissan Leaf, you know, when they that was the first one that was really mainstream. That was like, you know, the, the other thing was they claimed it went like 110 miles. It really only went 70. You know, the the Tesla Model S 10 years ago, they said it went 250 and it went about 220. It was about 10% off. Um but now like Lucid has, you know, a battery uh or not a battery, but they have a vehicle that can go 517 miles on a single charge. Wow. I, I drove a Lucid Air um, from Beverly Hills to San Francisco, so that's 408 miles on a charge. Uh, then we left San Francisco and drove 35 miles south to their headquarters in Newark, California, and my car still had like 30 miles of range left, and the CEO followed me in a different one, and he was hypermiling better than I was, and he still had 72 miles of Hypermiling? Just like, 
you know, turn the AC off, uh, keep the windows <laughs> up. Don't turn off the headlights. Turn off the radio. Turn I like off the that massage. hyper hypermiling. I like that. If the speed limit is seventy, go sixty nine. I was going over the speed limit. You know, I wasn't really doing that. Um, but I still, after driving like you know four hundred forty some miles, I still had thirty miles of range left. Like you know what I mean? Now, yes, that was a that was a hundred seventy thousand dollar luxury vehicle. It's not for everybody, but the technology exists. Is, is the Prius you know. still a thing? I mean, that was yeah. big forever, right? Is that yeah, they, still... they actually, I, I I, haven't driven the new one. Um, it looks kind of like a weird Lamborghini all of a sudden. People are like, oh, the Prius is cool, you know. Um, but Prius, you know, it gets like 57, 55, whatever it is, miles per gallon. Like, yeah, you know, like i not a fan myself, although I haven't driven the new one and people have said nice things about it, but very efficient. And again, hybrids work for a lot of people. Plug-in hybrids work for a lot of people, like my neighbor, uh, he's a high school principal, so he has a three-mile commute and then drives home. That's kind of all he does. So he has this little Kia Nero plug-in hybrid, plugs it in on a on doesn't have a charger, just plugs it in on one ten normal power, and you know overnight that'll charge up the thing. It can drive like I don't know seventeen miles pure battery, and you know he uses like a tank of gas a year. What what, you know? what, what does it end up being like? I guess generally, if you go to a straight EV. Um, Electric electric cost, charging cost compared to the cost of gas. It, it's very variable, and there's a lot of variables, but, uh, like, it's usually about four times cheaper. Wow. Yeah. Now, now again, most of this is done at home. And, um, like, like in L.A., I don't know how it works other places. I should, but I don't. Uh, if you charge from, uh, I want to say, 8 p.m. to 10 a.m., it's a different rate than if you charge at peak times. Oh, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So could, because remember, you never turn off a power station. They just generate 24 hours a day. So there's a lot of excess energy that kind of just gets pissed away. So they'll lower the prices and that'll kind of drive a business to say, you know what, let's make this at night because the energy is mm -hmm. cheaper. And so, you know, so you can like my truck, I say, don't start. I can I plug it in whenever I want, but I say, don't start charging till 8 p.m. And it takes like you know about five six hours. You to tell the truck the that, like the, yeah, you program the truck. Wow, it's really easy to do. Um, now, if you go to like a public charger, it's um, you know twenty seven cents a kilowatt hour uh, or kilowatt. And so you know if you have, if I have a hundred kilowatt hour battery pack, it's twenty seven bucks to fill up, and you get three hundred miles of range from from hundred kilowatt hours, which is. I mean, that's it's about a quarter. It's cheap. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to it, gas, what gas would Yeah. Cost. No, that's the prices in LA. I don't know what EV prices are elsewhere. Uh, could be the same in Alaska. It could be cheaper. I think it's about um, at nighttime in LA, it's about eight cents a kilowatt um, to charge the car. So I have 135 kilowatt hour battery. So eight times eight cents times 135. So that's what it costs to fill up. Um, the other thing is, I, I we put solar panels on the house. So, you know, we don't even think about charging the thing. Oh, right. That makes it even, yeah, yeah. More, more cheaper, yeah. more so, efficient. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you about, you mentioned all these cars, and when I remember as a kid, you're 10 years older than me, but when I was yeah. like, you know, like 15, 16, when I was even younger, I was like, you know, cousin Johnny, I want to go <laughs> see you in California. I grew up yeah. in New Mexico, and you'd always have a different cool car. But now I feel like you've been with Motor Trend a long time, and you're, I mean, you're like up there in the kind of car world. Every time I come see you, it's like you have a different, and you mentioned earlier when you call up the, the, the president or the, the owner, you get these fucking great cars. Like, sure. How does this work? I mean, you just, because I mean, you had that one, was it yellow one? You had, oh my God, it was like a sports car thing. Um, I got a picture of it. What it was, country? 
It was in L.A. It was, it was, no, no, what oh, country it was, was the car from? God, what the hell? It was a super fucking fancy... Um, I don't even know, but it was like, I was like, can I drive? And you were like, no, uh, <laughs> it was like one of the Lamborghini. It, uh, it wasn't a Lamborghini. I'll have to remember off to, it was, but then you had the Panamera that one time for the wedding, your wedding. And I've, then, I've had a yes. My, when we got Porsche, well, that's a funny story too, because I ran into my friend, uh, Gary, um, uh, he was, uh, working for Porsche at the time and I ran into an auto show and he's like, Hey man, what's going on? Gary Fong. Um, uh, I'm like, nothing, you know, getting married next month. Oh, we're getting married. Oh, we're getting married up in wine country. Oh, cool. What are you, are you driving anything? I go, yeah, I talked to BMW and he's like, Oh, she's like, Oh, Oh boy. Yeah. He goes, Oh, you want to get married in a BMW? Not, not a Porsche. And I was like, Oh, I'd much rather love to take a Porsche. And then it was when the Panamera was brand new. Yeah. And if you put the seats down, you can haul a lot of stuff. And, you know, we had a lot of stuff, including my wife's dress, which we didn't want to fold. So we were able to, like, you know, lay it down flat in the back. And it was great. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I get, I mean, you know, the, the, I mean, I just I just drove, like, um, uh, Bugatti Chiron Supersport. I went 245 miles an hour in it. Um, wow. I was trying to go 250. Kind of failed there. But 245 in retrospect, felt pretty good. Did, did, did at any point, like, you know, throughout your career, has anybody been like, this guy might be a drug dealer? Like, you know, like all these fancy cars all the time showing up. And maybe your neighbors probably um, know what you do, but. I, yeah, somebody once thought that. I was talking to, not where we live now, um, but our last house, they assumed I was, some, they they thought something fishy was Kind of up. kingpin. Yeah, just because there was always like a Lamborghini or an AMG or something coming in. But so So you've been, I mean, I remember when I was younger, I'd come visit you and, you were doing, I think, a long time ago. You were kind of with like AOL, right? Or was it uh, Auto Blog and AOL Autos? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I remember yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd read, I was in high school. I'd like read your. I'm like, oh my god, that's my cousin. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you yeah. start. I mean, and you talk about on the Motor Trend site. You know, your dad um, who passed away years ago, but was great. Uncle Bill was like awesome. Thank you. Yeah, but he was great. Yeah. He uh, he had this like I think Datsun. You said and. Oh, yeah. He had a Datsun 280Z. So that's kind of one of my earlier memories was he would strap me in the front of that. And um, so we, I grew up in Thousand Oaks, which is like over the hill from Malibu. So the roads, Malibu Canyon, that connects uh, Thousand Oaks to Malibu, the roads are fantastic. So it's a particular one he loved called Decker Canyon, which is a super tight winding road. If, you know, these days you'd want to drive it like in a Miata, something like that. But, a, you know, Datsun 280Z was pretty good. And um, he had a, I remember he had an aftermarket Blaupunkt. And again, I was like two or three. I remember the Blaupunkt. They had a Blaupunkt tape deck that had a mic input and you could record. And he would drive around like interviewing me while he was driving the canyons and I'd like talk. Wow. And, yeah, it was really fun. And so I just kind of always grew up around sports cars and just really liked them. Um, and, uh, you know, just when I did a lot of other junk, but then when I turned 30, I was like, man, how do I like combine something I'm good at writing, uh, with something I love cars. And I just, I tried it and, and I got lucky and I turned out I was okay at it and I, I didn't quit. And, um, I've had a lot of success. And like I said, it's gonna be 13 years at Motor Trend this month. I so. mean, and you know, I, I follow you on social media and you, we talk a lot, but, um, you, you like, you kind of hang out with like Jay Leno and I mean, you're, you're, he's become a friend. Yeah. You're like pretty, I mean, you're, like, you're kind of on the up, it's the upper echelon. Wow. Of the car. I don't know about that. But yeah, I mean, I've had a good, I've had a, a lot of success. I've had a lot of success, but it was funny. You mentioned Jay. So I remember I was on his show, um, about a year ago and I've been on his show before, but always like as part of an ensemble, like he would do a game show and I'd be one of the contestants, but there was like four other guys I knew that were the contestants. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I knew his co-host, but he had me on just me and him. 
And I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I was telling Amy, my wife, I'm, like, I'm so nervous. I don't, I'm, I'm like freaking out. Like, and I get there and Jay's like, hey, Johnny, how you doing? Eh. I go, Jay, I got to tell you, we had like about two hours before we started filming. They were getting everything ready. I'm like, Jay, I got to tell you, I'm really nervous. Ah, what are you worried about? Da, 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 da. And I go, listen, man. I go, I know I've done your show before, but like never just me and you. It was always a bunch of other people and I know I can be a good sidekick. And he goes, ah, what are you nervous for? And then he goes, yeah, I was nervous once. I didn't interview Gorbachev. <laughs> it was just me and him. And that I was, I was, and I thought to myself, all right. It's probably calmed guy, you down a little bit. I'm like, if this guy could like talk to like, you know, Gorbachev, <laughs> mm-hmm. what am I nervous for? And it, it, it worked out great. We had a really good time. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, and you have, you have the, you have the podcast too, you. Yeah, I do. I'm on, well, I have two podcasts. So I have one with Motor Trend that we call the Inevitable, and the E and the V are capitalized. Get it? And it's just it's I not like so that. much. And it, it it's one. Of, it's it's hard to explain this nuance to people. Like I like good electric vehicles. I hate bad electric vehicles. I don't like you know. Don't buy a Nissan Leaf. Don't do it. Not a good car. Uh, Rivian. You should buy a Rivian. But so the inevitable thing is that. All R&D money right now is being spent on electrifying the automobile. Every, you know, every car company has hired a thousand or more software engineers. It's just inevitable. That's what's happening for a variety of reasons. Um, And we talk about that. And then also we talk about like autonomy. We talk about like alternative fuels. Um, How there's more women coming up in the car biz, blah, 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 blah. So that's one I do. And then I do another one called Spike's Car Radio. Um, So Spike Ferriston uh, he was a writer. Well, he actually wrote for Letterman for the uh, Letterman show, and he wrote for Seinfeld. Is this the guy that did the Soup Nazi? He, Spike, wrote the Soup Nazi episode. That was him of, of Seinfeld. So it's me, him, and this guy, Zuckerman. Uh, Paul Zuckerman, he's a banana peel lawyer um, who, you know, he's, we, we will often have conversations about like, oh, you know, if, if you lose a foot, that's like, that's seven figures. If you get amputated above the knee, that's, that's 10. That's a lot of money. You know, he's like one of them. <laughs> there's a book, there's like a Malcolm Gladwell. I'm trying to remember the book about that where they've like, maybe like a freak, one of those type where they've gone through and they've kind of figured out like what, what. Uh, like limb, yeah. What it's worth, yeah, like yeah. If it's a yeah. finger, if it's a hand, yeah. if it's like no, exactly. Kind of figured out like there's, what there's a dollar figure, yeah. So that's what he does. But him and Spike are, are kind of very serious Porsche collectors because um, they have a lot of money. Um, I, I don't. I my I bought my Porsche for five hundred bucks just so everyone knows. Um, <laughs> but it's a fun podcast and it's like it's pretty funny. I mean, you know, anything with Spike and then Leno's on there a lot. Uh, Matt Farah is another big car guys on there a lot. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, who's a major portrait collector. Yeah, so you, you've kind of dealt with him too. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've seen some stuff with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's, so, how's, how's he? Is he? He seems pretty. He's into cars and he's a fan of me. So <laughs> I will say nothing else about the. So man. he's had the comedians and cars and the coffee. Yeah, that, is that still going? I don't know if that's no, still going. No, he that, stopped doing that. That was I. Li- I loved watching that. No, it was really good. Uh, him and Spike have a new movie coming out called Unfrosted: The uh, Unauthorized History of the Pop Tart. And uh, that's what they've been working on for like two years. And that sounds weird, but interesting. It's going to be fantastic. They have Hugh Grant playing Tony the Tiger. It's going to be. <laughs> it's going to almost, almost sounds like a B movie type. Uh, well, they wrote B movie. Yeah. They, they, well, the the B movie that was uh, Spike and Jerry and a couple other guys, and so the same team is doing is doing this. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's a fun podcast. But I get to, yeah, I get I yes, I you know I'm in L. A. I'm in cars. I meet a lot of celebrities that like. When cars. you were like you know tw- thirty or twenty five, yeah. Or, yeah. You would, Someone told you, "Hey, you'd be doing this thing with these people and this, you know, Jerry Seinfeld and Jay Leno." I mean, would you? Would you have like the Seinfeld? No, the Leno probably yes, just because I knew he was that into cars, and um, yeah, I mean, I 
When I was 25, I was unemployed suddenly. And I remember I was like, all right, I want to write for Motor Trend. And I remember I called and they were, you know, the guy I talked to was like, oh, you'll never write for us, kid. <laughs> and um, he's no longer with the company. And uh, I was going to say, I was going to say, is he still around? <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you that off the air. Uh, but, uh, and, um, you know, uh, not that I envisioned it, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know how if this is true for anyone else, but like, I always knew for whatever reason that I could write. Mm -hmm. I knew that I had the ability to uh, engage people with the written word. I always, for whatever reason, I had that in my pocket. You know, it was like, uh, um, uh, as, as this guy, uh, Big Laws said, it was a banker for me. I could bank on it. And then I love cars. And I, you know, I think if you can, if you can, you take what you're good at and mix it with what you're passionate about, you, success is there. Well, I remember you when I have a little bit of persistence. You know, when I started writing about cars, I was impoverished uh, for five years. I had nothing. Uh, I remember being three or four hundred dollars short of rent one month. I had to borrow from my sister. You know, like it was it was bad times. Um, but I kept at it, and at that point, I was like, well, I don't know what else to do. But you know, and I just I just always knew I would be a success. It was never really a question. I remember when I started the landmine website, uh, it was like more than five years ago, and I talked to you a little bit about it and you just said keep writing yeah she said keep writing yeah don't stop and then i've you know I've, i go back i don't know but if you ever go back and read your early stuff no i it's go back depressing it's it's really <laughs> i go back and read it i can't it's like cringeworthy because yeah. it's so bad i mean you get it's like anything like running or weightlifting yeah, or yeah you yeah. do it enough you get you get better at it right right yeah i you know i i do once in a while i'll read there's certain stories where I, that i was happy with it's very rare i'm happy with the story um but, um, you know, it's one of my Angus McKenzie, who was the guy who hired me at Motor Trend. And I really think of him as a mentor and a dear, dear friend. I remember he, he had a lot of sayings I remember. But one in particular was because I was, I was about to get in a big fight with someone about an edit. And he just said, Johnny, nothing we write is sacrosanct. And I was like, God damn it, he's right. And then uh -huh. I realized that what I'm doing by reviewing cars, it's kind of like sports reporting. You know what I mean? Like, all right. You know, Camry versus Accord. The Yankees beat the Red Sox three to two. You're telling that story, make it interesting. You know what I mean? Like, okay, the score for the Yankees is higher. Now explain how that happened. Okay, the, the Camry is better than the Accord or vice versa. Explain why that is. And if you can do a good job of doing that, you can write you, it you, You've done some really cool comparison videos. And um, there was one, I think it was a Rolls Royce or... What was it? It was one of those really fancy where that you sit in the back and it's like oh well, you're probably talking about it was a Bentley Mulsanne Speed. Yeah, it was a Bentley. It was like two of these an fancy S sixty five. It was these like almost yeah. like if you're that if you're that wealthy you have a driver. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You're going back and there's like there's like a, a little champagne. But one of them, I remember, I don't know what it was, but I remember one of them. You were like. I forget what it was, but you were like, "This is so like this is cheap. This shouldn't be cheap." Yes, some was, part of it that, was cheap. That was the that was the that was the uh, the Maybach. I think it was a Maybach. It was, it was, yeah, that's what it was. It was a Bentley Mulsanne versus a Maybach. And yes, so the the door handle from the Maybach is just the door handle from the regular old S-Class. And it's just like, it's plastic with a, yes, you yeah. know, and I was like, oh, why am I touching plastic? Whereas the Bentley, if it looks like metal, it's metal. If it looks like wood, it's wood, you know. And and it was the difference between a $400,000 hand-built car and a $200,000 badge job where you take an S-Class, you add some le nice leather better seats and a champagne cooler to it. And then that becomes a $200,000 car where it's like, uh, the Bentley is hand built. And, you know, do you ever, um, so in my like job or in my world, I'm in politics and it's, we're in, I'm independent. 
but I mean, you, you deal with these people all the time and, you know, um, sometimes people are maybe a little friendlier or, or, or kind of you're closer with than others. Yeah. And I mean, I always want to write what I want to write, right. But there's always that like phone call. Um, and the in, yep. auto world is how much of it is like industry. Like you just said, like, don't buy the leaf. I mean, do you, do you ever worry about like what you say or what you can say or, or is it just like, I don't, you guys are, I don't worry about it too much. Um, but does, I mean, is, I guess it does exist that kind of look, you know, is, is there, is there corruption? Sure. You know, am I, do I try and be as uncorrupt as I can be? Yes, I do. I really go out of my way. Like, you know, I would never buy stock. I would never buy I remember when we drove the Tesla Model S and we voted it our car of the year in 2000, I think it was in, it was November of 2012 and we knew it was going to be our 2013 car of the year. And I remember we were kind of joking like, Hey, the stock's 19 bucks. It's probably going to go up, mm-hmm. but like, I just would never do that. It went, I mean, it went way up, didn't it? <laughs> it went, yeah, it went to 6,000, the equivalent of 6,000, uh, <laughs> you know, Fuck. but by the time we announced it, it was, it was about, I remember it was about 27. So that was like two months later when we announced, we voted in September, I want to say announced in November and we had a big party in New York with Elon and Franz and all the Tesla people. Um, and it was like 27 bucks and the next day it was 80. You know, you guys have other rules. No, there's no rules, but it's just like, you, you know, it's like, it, I just wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? Because I can influence. And if I, you know, like, you know, when I, when I turn in a story, there's a tech editor who makes sure if I say, hey, it makes a thousand horsepower, he checks it to make sure that it makes a thousand horsepower. If I say, um, you know, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, you know, the wheelbase is 130 inches, he checks it for that. I have mm-hmm. an editor who reads it to make sure it's in proper English. And, you know, but if I say it sucks and no one else has driven it at Motor Trend, there's no one to stop that, you know. What yeah. I mean? So I could be corrupt. I, I mean, could be, you know, there probably are some people that do that. So I mean, the, the way I've explained this to people, and they've asked, I said, look, like whether it's like a, you know, any politician, you know, some people I'm cooler with than others. Um, you know, will I pull a punch on, on a small thing from somebody that I really like compared to somebody that I don't like? Sure, probably. But if it's a big deal, like if someone. It could be like somebody that I love that's awesome, but if they do something really bad, if they fuck up, if they, and I know it's different than cars, but it's like you, if somebody does something wrong, it doesn't matter how cool you are with them, and they're a public official, you have to write about that. Exactly. You, you can't not, I mean, it's like, look, I'll, makes I'll give, you a bad person. I'll, or give makes you, you, I'll give you an example of that. So, Mercedes, and I, I get accused of, you know, being on the payroll of Mercedes all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. And it, I just, you know, Mercedes. I would say this, they make really good cars because it's hard to explain to people. I don't care about brand. I only care about the cars, if that makes any sense. Like, you know, uh, if Mercedes makes a bad car, I will say it. So, for instance, I just went on this launch. Uh, We're in Austria, and there's a thing called the GLC Coupe. It's a little swoopy-backed SUV, GLC Coupe. And the refresh of the – actually, it's an all-new one. I was driving it. And, you know – Rides and handles well, and we're having drinks at the bar afterwards, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, they're at the German engineers, what do you think? I go, oh, you know, right, right, well, um, it's got air suspension and rear-wheel steering. It's pretty, pretty trick package. Yeah, yeah. Won't be available in America. What? Well, the dealers, last, you know, last gen, we had the uh, air suspension. No one ever ordered it, so they're not going to order it. It's part of the same package, so you can't get air suspension or rear-wheel steering. And I was like screaming at him, like, first of all, don't blame the don't blame the customers, blame the dealers, because you know they were like, customers don't order. I'm like, it's not Germany in the U.S. It's whatever the dealers order. Customers have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And then um, in my article, I was like, you know, how's it ride and handle? I have no idea. Like, 
could be good, but it could be terrible because I haven't driven the car we're going to get. And, you know, someone from Mercedes, oh, wow. Oh, wow. you know, they called me like, did you really have to do that? I'm like, you couldn't get an American spec unit on the launch, you know? Um, you know, was, how to drive? I have no idea. Yeah, was I was I afraid to write that? No, like you know, I've been banned for life by Ferrari once. Um, yeah, I have a pretty good relationship with him now. Uh, Peter, Peter they banned you for why? Yeah. Oh, um, they they gave us a F twelve, a big V twelve thing. It was like the fifth time they'd given us one, and they said, "Don't test it, don't weigh it, don't compare it to anything." So I was like, guys. Why would you give it to us then? Well, I'm like, this is the fifth time we've had it. Like, what can we write about it? Why don't we test it, weigh it, and compare it to something, right? So we did. And we, and, and we actually, it was pretty funny. It had a um, it had a GPS tracker in it. So we went to Home Depot. And we bought some, like, huge metal plates and, like, and, like, like metal metal tape. <laughs> this is, like, too, too fast, too furious when they, like, <laughs> they take out the, yeah. the, the, the low jack. Yes, it was kind of what we did. And we, we took it and we wrapped it in metal plates and wrapped it up in tape and, like, you know, um, it, they they couldn't track the car. We you know we we had, I forget how we had some way to tell that the signal was no longer transmitting, and uh, we weighed it. And by the way, they said it weighed thirty five hundred pounds. It weighed four thousand and four pounds. They said it would hit sixty in what like two point nine seconds. It hit sixty in three point five seconds. We put it on a racetrack, Laguna Seca, compared it to a Corvette and a nine eleven. And it was a tenth of a second quicker. The four hundred thousand dollar car was one tenth of a second quicker than the Corvette. So, so and they, one second. And they when then when the article came out, they went ballistic. When and, they give you these cars, wouldn't they almost? It seems to me like they'd almost if they were that concerned, they'd have like a handler with well, the car. The, again, now here's the fun, can I tell you a really funny story? Oh yeah. So I was in um, Jaguar. We must have been in either Spain or Portugal, and I'm sorry, I can't remember which. But I was with this this guy, Jason Camisa, uh, who I later worked with, but he was working for Road and Track at the time. And um, when the article went live, because we actually tested the thing, I was sitting there and I showed him on my phone. I was like, look. And I remember he looked at me and he was pissed. And he gets on his phone and just starts typing. Two weeks later, Road and Track gets the car, and it weighs 3,800 pounds. And I was like... So, was, so so a couple hundred pounds lighter. Yeah, and I was like, what uh, they do? Right, and I was I was like to another guy that was working there. I'm like, go into the head unit right now and look for paired phones. And sure enough, my phone was still in there. So it was the same car, unless they like swapped the radio, which they didn't do. Um, I don't know. They took the airbags out. They took the the steel beams out of the doors. Uh, you tell me what they did. How do you get 200 pounds out of that's a, a lot of a Ferrari? Yeah, 200 pounds is, is tricky. You know, um, that's five percent of the the car weight. I mean, it, it, getting 200 pounds out is you pulled something heavy out of the car. Um, who knows? Maybe they pulled the sound foam out of the doors. I don't know what they did, but it was the same car. And it was 200 pounds lighter. A little, a little closer to 35. Yeah. Now. Did Ferrari were they were they horrible to us for like a year or two? Yes, but I remember Angus, you, you said banned for life. So yes, that's what they told us. But uh, Angus McKen, well, me specifically, but Angus McKenzie, I remember when I said, oh, "Should I be worried?" He goes, "Nah, mate." He's Australian. I came to the accent. He's like, "Nah, mate." Uh, nah, mate. He's like, yeah. "My my mentor, Peter Peter Robinson, he's been banned for life three times." <laughs> so I think I see it as I a mean, badge. It, of it, it honor. would seem to me like in, I'm not in your world at yeah. all, but in my world, it seems to me as as mad as somebody gets you, they they um, if if they're all concerned about you know all the politicians are concerned about you know kind of like coverage and what and if if you really like if, you, if somebody really wants to go to war with me, I'll go to fucking war with them. And what they always realize is 
they can't beat somebody like me because like I have the reach and I have the website and yeah. they, they're they're in their little zones and right, right. I mean I think the saying is don't don't pick fights with somebody who buys ink by the barrel. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, look, I've had counting counting that PR person, I've had three PR people tell me that this is the lowest point of their career. <laughs> based on something I've done. So that's good. You know, I th- I keep them on their toes. Um, yes, they buy me fancy dinners and put me up in nice hotels. Um, but as I always tell people, like, everybody's doing it. You know, it's not it's not like uh-huh. he is buying worse steaks than Bentley. Like, trust me, it's the same friggin' steaks. Um, and that's, you know, that's just sort of how the industry is. Is it completely clean? No. Uh, you know, when, I, when I'm writing a review, am I thinking about, like, God, that we had a really good time that night. It was midnight. We were drinking too much. Sure. It's a real thing. Um, but... You know, what, 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 what I found, and I think about that stuff too, but what I found is ultimately people respect people that are like real and aren't hacks because there's people in my business, right, that are, they're just, people know they're a hack. And even people who like, like them, they still think they're a hack. Yeah. And sure. they don't respect them. Yeah. And I think ultimately, like when you, when, when you know, people know you're going to say what you're going to say and you're going to say what you think and, you know, maybe you'll treat one situation a little bit di- differently depending on kind of what it is, but, you know, they know they're going to get like the real word from you. Yeah, and, and again, like, you know, just I'll go back to Mercedes. They're on the tip of my brain right now. But, like, you know, I think the GLB is a horrendous vehicle. Like, I, I can't What's GLB? Uh, it was, it's a China car. So here, here, here's what I mean by that. Uh, seats seven, because in China you have two parents, one kid, two sets of grandparents. You need a seven-seater. You can't sell an SUV unless it's a seven-seater. Oh, wow. But it's a very small seven-seater. And it was it was it was a vehicle they developed for China. And they're like, ah, actually, it passes crash tests in the U.S. We could sell it there. They sell a lot of them, but you know, their Mercedes motto is the best or nothing. Is it that, that thing that looks almost like a wagon? Yeah. Okay, a friend of mine bought one. I've never yeah. really, I don't, I haven't seen many. Yeah. But a friend of mine bought one, very, and it was like very popular. This looks like a like a old kind of wa- like a fancy wagon. Yeah, and it's um, you know, look, their motto is the best or nothing. That's a real or nothing vehicle, in my opinion. <laughs> and and it's you know, the, so the, the Mercedes naming strategy. If you understand it, it makes sense. If you don't, it's like what? But so their smallest vehicle is the A class, then the B class, then the C class, then E, and then S. That's just how it is. So there, if it's a SUV, it's a GL. So you mm-hmm. have GLA, GLB, GLC, GLE, GLS, and then of course the G wagon is its own little family. Um, but, yeah, so I think the GLB is terrible. I think the G-Wagon is wonderful. They both have a Mercedes love the, star. Love, love the G-Wagon. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, I, I will say that, and I will say that I don't – I am brand agnostic. I don't care about the brands. That said, maybe I'm a little biased with Lamborghini. I tend to give them a pass. Sue me. Um, but Lamborghini makes good stuff. Ferrari makes good stuff. You know, they, they all can make good I, stuff. They I, can make bad stuff. I think we all have kind of – even if it's a car company we don't maybe like, we all have a car that – like I'm not a big fan of BMW. I, I like the X5 a little bit. Okay, but the man, you know what I want one day? I mean, more than a G wagon, even. Go on. A fucking 750 7 Series BMW for oh, whatever yeah. reason. Oh yeah, that is a car, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Except for the new one is so butt ugly that like I can't even take it seriously. The new 7 Series is one of the ugliest. It, it does look yeah a lot. I'm, I'm thinking like maybe the for some reason I just have this like 90s. Oh, that, that, that is the that ultimate chance. ultimate gangster mobile 750 IL. <laughs> Love that. I mean, yeah. that, that's the Gangster. car I want. Gangster. Yeah, totally. But again, BMW, another great one, right? I think the M2 CS is one of the best cars I've ever driven. I think the M5 CS is the best sedan I've ever driven. Um, I think the 
uh, like the X6M, I was just telling somebody to, to buy it, rides like shit. It's a wonderful vehicle, but if you can't take a bad ride, don't buy that X6M. And then like the, the M3, I think it drives incredible. It's so ugly, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't live with it. So like... Do I have any worry that BMW is going to be mad at me? I don't know. I always say the same thing, you know, <laughs> like, you know, so, um, like, no, you know, and, and again, some PR departments are touchier than others, Ford, um, you know, so <laughs> it just depends. I mean, it's, it's funny. It's a, it's very, you know, it's, it's not totally dissimilar from politics. You have people in this case, like dealers, manufacturers, you have like, PR people, they have comms people, right? They yeah, have yeah, yeah, yeah. they have kind of people that want to manage the message and then they have people that's, they want to deal with. That's what PR does, right? PR is they're storytellers at the end of the day. They have to tell a story and they have to tell a convincing story. And we're the ones, the, the journalists, uh, which I don't even like the word journalist. I, I, I like car writer personally, but um, we're the ones who then disseminate the story. We buy ink by the barrel. Um, so if they don't tell a good story, you know, there was a one that just happened. There's a there's a new company, a Vietnamese car company called Vinfast, and Vinfast, Vinfast, and uh, they uh, are selling cars in the U.S. and they were selling them before there was any reviews. So the PR guy was like, "Hey, we got to get some cars out there for and have a launch." And the company didn't want to do it because it turns out the cars aren't very good. They did a launch, and it's the worst reviewed car I've seen. In a decade, if not more. Is this like Kia 20 years ago or something? Or it's even Hyundai? worse. It's even worse because each vehicle, there's these SUVs, uh, so it's a EV SUV. Each vehicle had a different set of problems than the other vehicle. So if you read, <laughs> if you read our review, it was much different than car and driver's review. And if you read road and tracks review, it was different problems. All bad. No one had anything good to say about God. it. But the cars were just garbage across the board. So like... You know, uh, is it, do I feel bad for that PR guy? Like, absolutely. But it was his job to, like, handle that. And he also probably shouldn't have done the launch. He should have waited. What's your, speaking of Kia and yeah. Hyundai, what's your, I mean, I remember, like, tw 20 years ago, it was, like, Kia just made me think of, like, Death Trap. Yeah. But now, well, like, Kias and Hyundais are pretty great. fucking nice cars. Hey, look, our, our current SUV of the year is the Hyundai Ionic 5. Um, we had the Genesis uh, GV70 was our SUV of the year two years ago. Um, dude, Korean auto manufacturer, they're, it's a juggernaut. They really stepped up their game. I, mean, I saw a car, it was recently, and I was like, what the fuck is that? I was, I was thinking like BMW, and I pull up, it was like a key, it was a Hyundai. Or key, it, was yeah. a key, it was a Hyundai. Yeah, it was probably the Ionic 5. And I was like, wow, that they're looks incredible. really good. Yeah. Look, you know, uh, uh, I can, I'm happy to say, friend of mine, uh, Sang Yup Lee, head of design for uh, all, well, He's second in command. There's another guy above him, but uh, Peter Schreier. But 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 Sang Yip Lee is really running the design departments, um, in my opinion. And uh, they snatched him from Bentley. He designed the. He's Kia or Hyundai. He's Kia Hyundai, same company, and Genesis. So okay, uh, all three. So he's kind of he's his title is like you know head of design for Genesis, but also like design director for the whole company. So I forget the exact title, but he designed. The fifth gen Camaro, so that's the when the Camaro came back. It was him. He designed the C six uh, Corvette when he was like an intern at at, at Chevy. Um, the Bentley, the current Continental GT, that was him. You know, so he's a hell of a designer, and they hired him away. And um, my, my God, he's doing incredible work. Like the company's just putting out hit after hit, and like, and not only two things, uh, aside from the great design, they are just. They're unafraid to try new things. They will just try anything. And unlike 
all other car companies, except for, let's say, maybe Tesla, they will just jettison something if it's not working. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, another, they had the um, Hyundai Sonata. Is it the Sonata? Like, sales were just down. Like, no one's really buying midsize family sedans anymore. <laughs> Gone. They just get rid of it. I remember you this know? was like 18 years ago when I was working at Cal Worthington, and we got like a trade, and it was like a, I think, it was, I think I'm pretty sure it was a Kia Sophia. Yeah, and 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 it was. I mean, I couldn't believe it. It was 2005. This thing did not have power steering. I mean, it was like. And and then I remember I have this like vivid memory of it was around that time. It was like a 60 minutes, and these things were like locking up in the airbag, like crazy, like bad. You know, PR the worst. Nope, but there's. And then now they've just like people. These are cars. People are like wanting to. You know, hey, I want to get a key. I want to get a Hyundai. It's pretty amazing how they've transformed over the years and we would you know look at we, we do we do all, all of our big of the year competitions every year and we will you know we'll talk to them and we'll say like man you know i remember with so our current car of the year i, I believe is a genesis uh g90 um which i i've yet to drive i gotta drive it but i remember with the old g90 our take on it was like man if they could get the ride and handling right this would crush mercedes so apparently they got the ride and the handling right. <laughs> you know what I wow. mean? And and we always told them, like, if you guys could just concentrate a little bit on, like, suspension, like, you know, stiffen these things up. And um, they listen and they can move quick, you know. And it's, yeah, they're they're a juggernaut right now. Uh, I, if I was a car maker, I'd be very worried about the Koreans because they... They're 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 kicking the snot out of the Japanese. The Japanese have become very conservative, very slow to iterate. Um, Toyota does not make a good EV. Uh, Honda does not make an EV. Uh, Nissan makes the Leaf. Kia, uh, you have the EV6, incredible. There's the EV6 GT, 576 horsepower, uh, for not a lot of money. Uh, Hyundai Ioniq 5, incredible. Kia, the the EV9 just came out, three row electric SUV. Um, again, you know Nissan nowhere. Uh, Honda, literally nowhere. They're gonna. Why do you think that is? I mean, they're just kind of complacent conservative, with what conservative, they're scared, conservative. You know, the Japanese economy has been retracting since '96, right? I mean, it's just been. A well, disaster. they have a big demographic problem. They have huge. that as well, but there's also just it's been like the opposite of an economic miracle. Um, they won't innovate. They won't take chances. Whereas, like you know, this company, I don't know any. I really know nothing else about South Korea other than they make great TVs. Uh, this company will take any risk there is you know they're just they're just nuts and like it's great and they have and their ceo is like let's do it you know i've met the guy i'm blanking on his name right now but like you know um not only that like imagine this you're the ceo of hyundai (laughs) big and i'm i wrote this article about uh they have this concept car called the n74 and i'm just i'm like this is the greatest concept car in history they have to build it like you know, like I was like, Hyundai, please note every single comment on social media is like, that's a Hyundai? I'd buy it. I would. I never would have even That's that thing I saw a few... Yeah, no, 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 it's not out. No, it's but, not but I'm saying the same kind of... Where I was five. like, that's a yeah. Hyundai? Yeah. Holy shit. And I said, I said, yeah, you have to... Be. So when I met him last year, he was like, you, you wrote that story. I go, oh, yeah. shit, wow. I go, build it. He goes, thank you. And he starts like bowing at me like, thank you. That was such a wonderful thing to read. Thank you. I'm like, no, listen to me. Build the car. Um, so he's, inv- he's that granular, you know what I mean? He's, he's paying attention. Yeah. That's, 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 a, it's, that's important. That's, it, that's important. It's huge. Yeah. Important. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, very impressed by what they're capable of doing. And look, they went on a hiring spree. They, they brought in the Bentley design team. Can't do better than that. They brought in all the old BMW guys and specifically BMW M engineering and like, oh my God, like what they're doing is incredible. You know, it's just like they're, and they make like 
the Kona N. So they have a small $30,000 performance car. It's cool. They have, they used to, they got rid of it with the Veloster N. Now they have the Elantra N. Uh, there's now an Ionic 5N they just announced today. So they have these like really great performance cars and it's just spreading and spreading. So very impressive. Yeah, no, it's, it's the pretty, pretty incredible. The yeah. transformation. Uh, uh, last thing I want to ask you, yeah, yeah, yeah. put you on the spot here. What's your, like, what's the car to buy the sedan and what's the SUV to buy and what's the truck to buy? I mean, I know it's a big question, but yeah, like, cool. if I, well, I am maybe get like a little Alaska specific here. If you were in Alaska yeah. right now, you got, you had to move here. Yeah. What, what car would you buy? What a sedan? What truck? What SUV would you okay. buy? Truck would be easy. So, again, I'm very pro Rivian. I love my Rivian. Now, uh, it's an EV, so that means if you got a, if you're using your truck to tow, and I noticed there's a lot of towing going on. We saw Alaska. Whittier the boats yesterday. We saw yeah, but I just, we went up north this morning. Like lots of towing. An EV, it 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 you know you just like a just like a gas powered vehicle. You know when you hook up a, a trailer to it, you lose half the range. That's hard with an EV in Alaska. There's not a lot of infrastructure. So I think I would want something that's very off-road capable. Um, I think like the Chevy Silverado ZR2 or the uh, GMC uh, AT4. I think those are the, the competitors would be like the Tremor. Um, but I think that I like the, I like the Chevy because the locking front differential. You can, you can go more places, get out of more stuff. That said, the, the full-size Tremor can come with a... Um, a winch built in, which is pretty cool. Um, also, the new ZR2, the Colorado ZR2, the smaller one. That's I'm really interested in that. I haven't driven it yet, but it's that's like it looks really good. Um, if it's anything like the old one, from what I hear, it's just like the old one. It, it can go anywhere. It's just, you know good off road as a Jeep um, SUV. They stopped making it. You know Toyota Land Cruiser. They still make the Lexus version. The, uh-huh. uh, the it's called the LS600 now. Um, but the, the new GX, which is coming in a year, I think that'd be cool. I'm, I'm big on the Rivian SUV. Uh, again, I won't want something that really has off-road chops, Jeep Wrangler. Um, I'm not as big on Ford Broncos as a lot of people. I think that they have a buddy a, of mine just got one of those up here. I think they have a quality and the interior quality is like pretty suspect. It's louder inside than a Jeep. You know, the interior is cheaper than a Jeep. There, there are some good things about them, but. I, I don't think they ride really well on dirt roads, and I think that's important. I, I bet you spend a lot of time in Alaska on dirt roads, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Even in Anchorage, there's up on the hillside, there's yeah. some of the you know houses are on dirt roads. Yeah, so uh, I, I I would hold off on the Bronco. Now, very capable in terms of, like, extreme off-roading. Bronco's, you know, it's very good. I think Jeeps can nudge it a little bit, but Jeep Wrangler's real good. I'm also, I also really like the uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee. Uh, both the two door, or they're all four doors, but I was going to say the two row and the three row. So the three row is called the Grand Cherokee L. Um, I really like those a lot. I think it's because they're real, they are real SUVs, even though they compete with stuff like, you know, the Kia Telluride, which it's a minivan that looks like an SUV. But I think you want something with low gears, real off road functionality. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything kind of from that range of vehicles. What about like, a, you want to buy like a sedan, just a summer type, maybe even something for the winter too? We, we have. A lot of people have snow tires here. Um, yeah, they plow the road. This last summer, we had or winter. We had a very can't beat in my opinion, big problem with the plowing. Yeah, in my opinion, for you know uh, reasonable money, you know, the Honda Accord is unbeatable. Remains unbeatable. Um, you know, behind that, you have a bunch of cars that are kind of the same. Camry, um, yeah, the the Kia K five. I've, uh, I've got a little Camry. I like, yeah, I like it. They're good. They're good. You know, Subaru Legacy A to B, no problem. Yeah, Subaru Legacy. They're all good. Honda's just the the next level up. Um, the, the, both the Civic and the Accord, they just, 
you know, I've, I've done seven, nine car comparison tests multiple times. Every time it's the Accord or the, um, the Civic is just like a class above everything else. I don't, I don't know how Honda does it. But that's, yeah, that's Subaru, Subaru, Subarus are pretty popular up here. I mean, that's super, Subaru, all, the all-wheel drive. There's nothing, nothing bad about a Subaru. You know, they're, they're great. Um, I love Subarus. Uh, you know, once in a while you'll get one with a real dowdy engine, so they're kind of slow. But a lot of Subarus are turbocharged now, so they have some they have some pickup. I think we'll we'll finish here. Um, yeah. I have this memory. Maybe you have that, you have it too. But I was pretty young. I was probably high school, and I went out to California. You picked me up in a. Blue WRX STI wagon. Not STI. Just, was, I, I had was a it? blue WRX wagon. Yeah. And, and I remember I was six. Yeah. Yeah. So I was. Uh, you liked that car. We went to El Torito for lunch. I remember. Yeah. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I was up here. If it was 06, I would have been up here. But I was. It was a long time ago. But I remember you picked me up and we drove around. I and had a black one for four years. And it got, I was with my mom. And we got rear-ended on Thanksgiving <laughs> by a drunk 18-year-old oh, with no insurance. Yeah. Well, I remember you fun. picked me up and we, I remember you took me. Around Mal on those little roads you were talking about, those Malibu. I took you for a ride in an Aston Martin V12 Vantage. I, I, I remember that. I that remember, I remember was that a too. car. That was a car. In fact, I ran into the guy um, who built that car. His name is uh, Paul Barrett. He works for Aston Martin. He builds the race cars now. But that was like a street car he made. I remember we parked that somewhere. Yeah. And like everybody was like, what the fuck yeah. is that? Oh, that was the best car. That was one of those things you can't probably park it without having people come over. And It was just one of the best cars. And I remember I, I was like, dude, you built that? Like, the, I love that car. He's like, oh, that was a special car. Because they, they took, the, you know, the smallest Aston Martin and they put the biggest motor in it with a six-speed manual. And like... I'll never forget that car. Like the windows, I don't think worked, or the switches were wired backwards. Like everything was awful, except the engine transmission was perfect. Mm-hmm. And I, was, I was still, it's one of my favorite cars. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah no, that, that one. Car. And then I remember the uh, WRX when I came to visit, and I was like, Yeah, I was like, I mean, Man, you Mike, really liked the WRX. I was like, My cousin is fucking cool. I, I remember. I think you were like, you know what? I think you were like fourteen. It must be my black one. Yeah, because I was pretty. I was. I think I was, I'm almost. I'm sure I was in high school. Yeah, and you were just like, you were just like, ah. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I remember you're like, can I drive it? I'm like, no, you don't get a license. You can't drive it. We went to El Torito with my mom. Uh, yep, yep. Well, Johnny, it's great. love Jeff, interviewing yeah, you. It's it been fun, I feel man. like we could do this forever. We could, um, yeah. Maybe, maybe if I'm ever down there, maybe I come on yours one day. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll I'm, figure it out. I'm glad you guys came to Alaska. And hopefully the weather holds in Soldovia. But it's hot. I'm actually sweating right now. Uh, you guys got here Monday, and then yeah. t- Tuesday, uh, Monday was not great. Tuesday got... A little better. Yeah. Uh, when, when, yesterday was pretty nice. Yeah, and then today today's is hot. It's Thursday. So also, it's, I met your parakeet-sized mosquitoes that, like... It's been... We've had a lot of snow and rain. Dude. And the wet... It's just been really bad this year. I always... You know, you, you, when people down south in the lower 48, say Alaska, you always hear either uh, fishing, going fishing, or, oh, mosquitoes. And, like... I knew there'd be, I just, the size of the Alaskan mosquito. <laughs> and, and, and at least with me, they find a way, even if I'm wearing like long, you know, sleeve shirt, long pants and like a hat, they still find a way to bite me everywhere. I got bit on my palm, dude. My that, palm. That's the worst. It's horrible. It's, it's, it itches. It's, it's driving me crazy. And I've, 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 believe me, I've had yeah, that. I've never had bitten on the palm. Like, and I think it was like when I smacked the guy, he bit me. There's, you know, a lot of people, there's these different little devices you can put out there and those work and obviously the dope, bug dope, but yeah, um, it's, it's like. The best thing to do in Alaska summer is go to the lake, somebody's lake yeah. house. Or, but the worst thing is like if it's one of those days, it's just, it's horrible. Oh, it, there, there, that, there's, we, we went on a hike at was it Thunderbird? Thunderbird Falls, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, we were just getting killed. The, the, getting there's killed. stories that have been like accounts of you know hundreds of years ago, kind of people coming up here and you know 
homesteaders or people just exploring for mining or whatever. I mean, there's been there's been accounts of people way in the, in the interior. It's re- you think it's bad here? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it's like there's pictures people have taken where. I mean, they're just swarming everywhere. I mean, the, the, the accounts of people have committed suicide. Yeah. I, they were I, in the summer. They just killed themselves so because they couldn't get away from them. When I was like 15, I went on a week-long backpacking trip up in Mammoth, California. There's Mammoth Lakes. And it was really bad mosquitoes. It was in August. And I remember the guy that was taking us, and he like, he was one of those adventurers who like, you know, we I remember he had like a um, 357 Magnum with us in case of a bear, you know. And I remember the mosquitoes were so bad that we were just sitting in the lake all day. We literally, like, like our eyes sticking out of the water. Like, that was all we did for a week. And I remember him saying, like, this is the worst I've ever seen. And I've, like, backpacked across Alaska. <laughs> and I was like, wow, Alaska's bad. He's like, I thought it was the worst. He's like, well, this is... Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Fucking mind-numbing. When you're, I, when you're it, was, it was... I mean, I literally on the hike this morning, I would look down. And on this elbow, I'd see two. I'd kill them. And then I'd look at my right elbow. And there's two. It's not just one, and they're big, and and you get blood everywhere. That's yeah. I, I don't know if some people like I have friends that like for some reason don't get really bit, but they fucking love my blood, dude. Dude, when I was it must be the Ashkenazi. Maybe no, no, no. Because when I was when I was uh, like eighteen, nineteen, I remember I was on a camping trip, and and I did not get bitten. I didn't not, not a not a bite. My friend Josh was getting eaten alive. I remember he he put on his whole sweatsuit. He was wearing gloves and he had his face wrapped in a towel. Oh, he was still getting bitten, and I was like, I was fine. Not a single bite. Something changed. I don't know what it was. Uh, they they've I've always for yeah. whatever reason it's always uh, something changed. But like like Richard, my kid this morning like wasn't getting bitten. Me and his mom getting destroyed. She 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 looks like she'd been punched in the face and she was kept smacking her face. Oh yeah, no, I, everywhere. Me and me and a buddy were looking at we're uh, there up north of here a place called Big Lake, looking at some land and yeah, it was just so bad. And I mean, I got I mean, I got back. We were like way in the kind of like. Land hadn't been touched for 500 years. You know, it's all trees right, and brush right. and really, really, really bad. And, I mean, I came back. My face was, like, sw- swollen. Oh, I mean, geez. it looked like I could punch the face because yeah. it was so swollen That's under my wild. eye. That's why. So this, this is going to be your last memory, the mosquitoes. Well, I'll come back in the winter because they're gone in the winter, right? Well, and we talked about, and I don't know if this is something we could ever, like, line up, but you yeah. did that Swedish thing with the Mercedes. I loved to, man, you, know, you could drive all the way up to the North Slope. There's a, there's a road. I like to, you know, honestly, I, I was talking with uh, Rivian about doing that. And uh, just nothing, nothing came of it. But I would, I would love to, yeah. Uh, and and um, yeah, there's there's a couple things coming up. So I would, I would, I first of all, I love winter drives. I, I think well, they're, they're fantastic. They're, it's it's uh, definitely experience up here. I'd love to. Yeah. If you do it, like maybe just put me in the you know the trunk or something. Hell yeah, no, come along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Tag along. Yeah. Well, Johnny Lieberman, uh, my cousin and senior editor, senior for, features editor of Motor Trend, and also co-host of Spikes Car Radio and. My new TV show, if I may do a plug, just came out. Uh, head-to-head Drag Race. Uh, oh, right. It's on the Motor Trend app or on the Motor Trend channel, uh, cable channel, or on, like, Pluto, all those free TV apps that are on your mm-hmm. smart TV. Uh, head-to-head Drag Race, brand new show. First episode just aired a couple days ago. Uh, 12 episodes this season, and hopefully we get picked up for season two. Well, it's been a great time, and it's yeah. it's great doing a podcast with a, a somebody who does a podcast because you're so good at it. <laughs> I love I, that. I, I talk for a living. It's it's kind of weird. I love that. Well, Johnny Lieberman, I'm glad you're here in town in South oh, Alaska. Thanks, Jeff. This is great. Have this the best time in Slovakia. And thanks for showing us around. And I really felt like we we were like at the proper Alaska trip yesterday. You know, because otherwise, I don't know what we would have done. I don't, I don't know if you guys would have, You probably wouldn't have gone to Whittier. Never. And the tunnel experience. First of all, Whittier, California is like a place you don't go. So if I would have seen Whittier, if someone would have said, you should go to Whittier, I'd be like, <laughs> no. 
I'm not going to Whittier. I think Nixon is from... Yeah, Nixon's from Whittier. Yeah. Whittier right? Yeah. I, I've been to Whittier, California. No, you don't go there on vacation, but it was fantastic. We had, and and we I think you... I, I should look it up, but I think that that was the longest tunnel in the country. I think might, one might be longer, but I mean, that was pretty pretty wild experience it's, it's, going... Yeah, I've never been through one that narrow. I've been... To, I think the Mont Blanc Tunnel between... Um, uh, Switzerland and France is longer, I want to say, but it's also like two lanes or four lanes or something. This was a trip because it was t- it was narrow and tall, and you have to you have to time it right so you don't wait too long. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's one way, yeah, it's crazy. Well, thanks again for coming on, John. Enjoy yep. your trip, and I really Thank enjoyed you. it. And we'll do this again sometime next time you're up here. I would love it, okay, folks. If you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline Radio.